Welcome to the Environmental Integrity Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Pelton. Today, we're going to look at the environmental impact of the food you eat, specifically the water pollution caused by the slaughterhouse industry. More than 8 billion chickens are slaughtered every year in the U.S., along with 100 million hogs and 30 million beef cattle. These animals are processed in more than 5,000 plants, large and small. Data analysts and environmental attorneys with the nonprofit, nonpartisan Environmental Integrity Project examined EPA and state records for the 98 largest of these slaughterhouses. We studied those that discharge more than 250,000 gallons of wastewater per day directly into rivers, streams, and other waterways. We found that three-quarters of these slaughterhouses, many owned by international companies based in China, Brazil, Arkansas, and elsewhere, had broken the Federal Clean Water Act by discharging more pollution than their state permits allow, at least once between January 1st of 2016 and June 30th of 2018. More than half of the plants had at least five water pollution violations, and a third had ten or more violations, according to EPA records but there was very little enforcement and few penalties. Even more disturbing, the meat processing plants that don't break the law often get away with discharging more pollution, sometimes as much as a small city, because state regulators are not doing their jobs by issuing strong pollution control permits. Eric Schaefer is executive director of the Environmental Integrity Project and former director of civil enforcement at EPA. To step back and take a long view of the meatpacking industry, he recalled Upton Sinclair's 1906 novel, The Jungle. If you read The Jungle back in high school or later, you'll remember that's about the big meatpacking plants in Chicago. It used to be that you had these slaughterhouses concentrated in urban areas where all the animals were brought in and kept in stockyards until they could be slaughtered for meat. That's changed over the years. The slaughterhouses have tended to move out to more rural areas or smaller towns, often dominated by working-class communities or communities with a high proportion of African-Americans or Latinos. So, you know, a slaughterhouse that is putting out way more pollution than it's allowed to or than it should to protect local water quality is damaging the environment for people who are, you know, they're, they're already sort of struggling to get by, and it seems unfair. Federal data show that almost half of the 98 large slaughterhouses we studied are in small towns where more than 30% of their residents live below the poverty line, which is twice the national average. A third of the slaughterhouses are in places where at least 30% of the residents are people of color. If you're looking at polluting industries, just ask yourself where are they most likely to be located. They're going to move to and operate in communities that tend to be lower income and to speak bluntly have sometimes less political power than upper middle class communities where you can expect the neighborhood is going to lawyer up and fight having a plant located near them. So, you know, we've got a very unequal situation in America where we have these pockets of heavy pollution One of the worst pockets of pollution is here in Sussex County, Delaware, which has one of the highest concentrations of meat processing plants in America. 
the county has five poultry slaughterhouses, four of which have violated their water pollution control permits over the last four years, according to state records. On a recent afternoon, local resident Maria Payan stood at the gate of the Allen Harem plant on Harbison Road in Sussex County. She watched as a flatbed truck loaded with chickens in cages rumbled past her into the slaughterhouse, trailing a cloud of feathers, diesel fumes, and a strong smell of ammonia. Well, the impact um, is just becoming too much for the people to tolerate, too much for the environment to tolerate, too much for the private wells to tolerate. Um, it has reached a point where you have so much um, poultry waste that the concentrations, the land can't handle it, the air can't handle it, our waterways can't handle it. At some point you have to say, you know what, we're at peak capacity. Despite that capacity problem, Allen Harem Foods is now planning to build the county's sixth chicken slaughterhouse. The company plans to open the plant in a former Vlasic pickle factory outside Millsboro. The new plant will create about 50,000 gallons of wastewater per day, which would be sprayed by an irrigation system onto farmland next to the plant. The same kind of waste spraying operation may have already contributed to the contamination of the drinking water wells of at least 20 homes in the county and possibly more according to court records. DENREC, which is our state environmental regulatory agency, tested 31 wells when we started talking about private wells contaminated. Out of those 31, 21 were contaminated, which is over 60%. People I talked to who live near the Mount Air plant asked not to be taped because of the ongoing legal fight. But they complained to me about being forced to stay indoors because of the overwhelming odors. They are also angry that they cannot use local waterways for swimming and fishing. And they say they often suffer from asthma attacks and gastrointestinal illnesses. In response to the lawsuit, Mount Air issued a statement that said in part, quote, We will vigorously defend the allegations in court. Elevated levels of nitrates in Sussex County is a very common widespread environmental condition that has existed for many decades, way before the arrival of Mount Air, unquote. Court records, however, show that homes uphill from the Mount Air slaughterhouse have low levels of nitrate in their wells, with none exceeding the health limit of 10 milligrams per liter but at least 20 homes downhill from the plant have above this threshold, with some monitoring wells near the homes exceeding the legal limit of the contaminant by seven to nine fold. Eric Schaefer, the former EPA enforcement director, said that part of the problem is the scale of the slaughterhouse operations and the sheer volume of waste they produce. You're talking about a system of factories that move thousands of animals every day on conveyor belts where they're cut up and the waste from that process is substantial. That probably wouldn't surprise anyone. You get the discharge in wastewater of pollutants like nitrogen, which form algae blooms in lakes and rivers, suck the oxygen out of those lakes and rivers that fish and critters need to survive. You get bacteria. Not surprisingly, when you've got a lot of animals massed together, you get salts, chlorides, and sulfates. It's a very big load from these plants. So one thing I want to say up front is, you know, we are more or less a meat-eating society still. 
And as long as that's true, we're going to have slaughterhouses. They're inevitable. But you know, we do want to make them as clean as possible. And we found, looking at permits and looking at the records, a lot of them are much dirtier than they need to be. Our examination of the pollution discharge reports revealed that not all the slaughterhouses are poorly run or in violation of their permits. The most polluting plants released about 30 times more nitrogen pollution per gallon than the cleanest plants. Some of these plants had lots of violations. We found a handful of plants that violated their pollution limits in their Clean Water Act permits pretty much continuously all the way back to the beginning of 2016, which is when we started looking. So they've just been constantly blowing their permit limits, meaning they're discharging a lot more pollution than they're allowed to. We saw another set of plants that had episodes of violations. They would have a spike in bacteria in their discharges, or they would have several months of nitrogen. All told, uh, well over a thousand violations of Clean Water Act permits at 75 of the 98 plants we looked at. Beyond the permit violations is the bigger issue of the meat industry's overall impact on the environment. Peter Lehner is a senior attorney at Earth Justice, which provided data analysis to help the Environmental Integrity Project in its investigation. Lehner noted that slaughterhouse water pollution is only one of several ways the modern factory-style farming of hogs, cattle, and chickens contributes to pollution of America's waterways and air. It takes about 15 pounds of feed to get a pound of beef. And that vast production, largely of corn and soybeans and other grains, is responsible for a tremendous amount of pollution. For each pound of corn, we lose about a pound of soil that goes down the river and will be forever lost as the basis for growing our food. The excess fertilizers that are spread on the field usually runs off and flows into nearby rivers or it seeps into the ground. And there, this excess nitrogen contaminates groundwater drinking supplies. Many of you have probably heard of blue baby syndrome. And you've certainly heard about the dead zone in the Gulf of Mexico, which is the size of several states, or the eutrophication in the Chesapeake Bay, which is getting in the news. Later in the chain, most livestock are confined in CAFOs, concentrated animal feeding operations. All of these animals produce an enormous volume of waste. In fact, altogether, the livestock in this country produce about 50 times as much waste as human waste. But unlike human waste, which is treated in sewage treatment plants or septic systems, most livestock waste is just dumped in a lagoon or a pit or just spread on the ground. And as a result, these CAFOs are often significant water pollution sources. And finally, livestock are also major sources of greenhouse gas pollution. The livestock, both directly and, and through the manure, produce as much methane as the entire oil and gas sector. And methane is, of course, a powerful greenhouse gas. And much of the excess fertilizer I mentioned also gets converted to nitrous oxide, an even more powerful greenhouse gas. This climate-changing pollution from fertilizers are about the same as the emissions from over 60 coal-fired power plants. And all of this is even before the slaughterhouses. In our examination of the slaughterhouses, the data we studied came from industry and the federal government. Courtney Bernhardt, senior analyst for the Environmental Integrity Project, explains the exact source of the numbers. The main source is data reported 
by slaughterhouses about their discharges. That is available on EPA's ECHO database, and ECHO stands for Enforcement and Compliance History Online. And through that, anyone can access it. You can go on and see what each facility reports for each reporting period that they're supposed to report information. In terms of numbers of violations, one of the worst plants in the United States was the Keystone Protein Company Poultry Slaughterhouse in Fredericksburg, Pennsylvania. It had 62 permit violations between January 1st of 2016 and June 30th of 2018, according to EPA records. Ted Evgenitis works to protect local waterways in south-central Pennsylvania as the lower Susquehanna Riverkeeper. He said it's outrageous that Pennsylvania has fined Keystone Protein only $1,000 for these repeated violations. Even though the law allows for fines of up to $46,000 per day for each violation, the slaughterhouse has been in violation for more than 1,000 days over the last three years. Here's Ted. These are multi-billion dollar corporations we're talking about, not your small mom and pop shops. Clean Water Act violations are getting swept under the rug and those violations will not get the corporation's attention unless they are hit where it hurts, their pocket. Real fines must be assessed. Here's Eric Schaefer again. One thing I should make clear, some of the plants that had no violations are able to report that because they have very high permit limits. Basically weak permits Very set by weak the state. permit limits. The permits allow them to pollute a lot more than their competitors. And not surprisingly, you often find plants like that have very few violations because they already have permits that let them put so much more pollution into the water. Because the state's not doing their job. They're not setting yeah. permits that are protecting the waterways. That's right. In terms of the total amount of nitrogen pollution released, the worst plant in 2017 was the JBS Corporation Hog Slaughterhouse in Beardstown, Illinois. It discharged 1,848 pounds of nitrogen per day on average into a tributary to the Illinois River record show. When you look at the nitrogen from the big packing plant near Beardstown, the amount of nitrogen it puts into the water it's as much as you'd get from a city of 80,000. Well, there are only 6,000 people in Beardstown. Beardstown is located about two hours south of Chicago in western Illinois. The 10-acre meat processing plant slaughters almost 20,000 hogs a day to produce about a billion pounds of pork annually. So it has a large impact on the local economy as well as on the local environment. The plant has been operating for a half century and was once owned by Cargill, but since 2015, the slaughterhouse has been owned not by anyone locally, but by a company that is a subsidiary of the international Brazilian-based conglomerate JBS, the largest pork and beef company in the world. The Beardstown plant on March 7, 2015, spilled 29 million gallons of hog manure from a storage lagoon into a tributary to the Illinois River, killing more than 64,000 fish. Kim Knowles works to protect the Illinois River and other local waterways as staff attorney with the nonprofit Prairie Rivers Network. I think we should stop sacrificing our waters to prop up the meat processing industry. Slaughterhouses have been allowed to externalize the cost of doing business onto our waters and onto our people. The fact that local fishermen and residents had their local water fouled by a meat company based more than 4,000 miles away is not unusual for the industry. These Plants are typically owned by big multinational corporations. A lot of the 
output from slaughterhouses, a lot of the meat products, poultry, hogs, beef, are for export. We're talking about something that is shipped abroad, not just to American consumers. The top eight or nine companies control almost all of the plants in our study. So, for example, Tyson's Foods, most people have heard of, more than a quarter of the plants that we looked at are owned and operated by Tyson Foods alone. So just one company, a quarter of the plants. And you'd probably recognize some of the other names, Smithfield, Cargill, Pilgrim's Pride. The last two of these companies sound as American as Turkey on Thanksgiving, but are actually both owned by the JBS Corporation of Brazil. Drew Ball is State Director for Environment North Carolina. He noted that the largest hog slaughterhouse in North America, the Smithfield Tar Heel plant in Tar Heel, North Carolina, is also owned by a foreign company, the WH Group of China. According to EPA records, the Smithfield Tar Heel plant was the second worst polluter in the U.S. in 2017 in terms of the total amount of nitrogen dumped into waterways. It discharged 1,759 pounds of nitrogen a day on average into the Cape Fear River last year. Here's Drew Ball. We have to ask who's behind this pollution. The WH Group, which is headquartered in Lahou, Henan Province in China, purchased Smithfield Foods in 2013 for $4.7 billion. It was the largest Chinese acquisition of an American company to date. The acquisition of Smithfield's 146,000 acres of land made WH Group one of the largest overseas owners of American farmland. So why should we let a massive billion-dollar Chinese-owned conglomerate put our drinking water at risk? Smithfield has been making massive profits while making North Carolinians sick. What should be done about this problem, not only in North Carolina, but across the United States? One possible solution is advocated by U.S. Senator Richard Durbin of Illinois. Senator Durbin wrote a letter to acting EPA Administrator Andrew Wheeler on October 16, 2018, demanding action on the slaughterhouse water pollution problem nationally after reading an Environmental Integrity Project report on the issue, which was featured on the front page of the senator's hometown newspaper, the Chicago Tribune. Senator Durbin and the Environmental Integrity Project are calling on EPA to tighten up its water pollution control standards for slaughterhouses across the country. The existing guidelines have not been updated since 2004, even though they're supposed to be reviewed every three years, and they are outdated and weak. Another solution, according to Eric Schaefer, is stepped-up law enforcement by state and federal environmental agencies. First thing that ought to be done as soon as possible is where you have chronic violations, where you have people disgorging so much more pollution than they're allowed to put into waters. We need enforcement. We need that from EPA. We need it from state agencies. And we need the environmental groups, wherever they can, to step up and try to do something for these communities. We have laws in America that allow you, as a citizen, to take polluters to court. And those rights have to be exercised or, or they don't mean anything. Another thing we need to do is we need to take these minimum federal standards, which were written years ago, and bring them up to date. They are way too relaxed in terms of the amount of pollution they allow. And as we said earlier, there are plants that have shown they can run a lot more cleanly. Well, that ought to be the standard for the industry, okay? That ought to be something that anybody living near a slaughterhouse um, gets the benefit of, some strong national standards. 
thinking more locally, buy from local farmers, buy from local butchers, go to the farmer's market. The quality is really good. You'll be helping local farmers. You'll be eating meat, but without the big slaughterhouse complexes that generate so much pollution. This has been the Environmental Integrity Podcast, and I'm Tom Pelton. To learn more about the Environmental Integrity Project, visit our website at www.environmentalintegrity.org.